everybody. Welcome to the Melissa and Devin Show, where we're always unscripted, raw, and unedited. Come on, be a fly on the wall while we're bitching in the kitchen about current events, politics, family matters, and relationships. Well, hello, Melissa. Hey, Devin. Oh my gosh, today is the day for topics. So we have had the pleasure of uh, having lots of... uh, controversial news again in our in our country and in our province this last week it was all brought on by the um million mile march and the a variety of parent groups uh conservative parent groups uh gosh I think Gays Against Groomers got in on it. I believe there was a bunch of the freedom um, organizers got in on it. And basically the hot topic, which was uh, last week, I believe, which was September the 20th, I believe, was the March day, September the 20th of 23. And uh, there was a call to action and organizations all across the country decided to do a walkout and a political march about our children in our public and Catholic education system and the type of education that they have been subjected to, the very left-leaning liberal QP teachers, federation, etc., etc., within our schools that have been that they have been prioritizing um sexually sexual orientation and gender identity or referred to as soji soji so the big one the big one for us has been of course um because i have children in the school system and melissa does not have children in the school system well melissa does not have children she has dogs (laughs) yes ma'am so um my children are at the end of their educational path in the uh, public. Well, we're in the public Catholic school system. Um, my my guys are at the end of it. Whereas if my children were in grade school still and in a younger grade, I would have pulled them out and homeschooled starting in COVID. But because of their journey and the path that they wish to take post-secondary, it would not have been to their benefit for me to do so at their age. Um, however, the communication in our family has always been very much on our morals and ethics uh, as a family and what we believe in and what we don't and what we'll tolerate and what we won't. And my children are very, very clear in their mind as to what is appropriate and what is condoned and what is not and what goes against every moral fiber in my being that has been conveyed to them. And of course, at their age, you know, they're, they're well into their teens they have the ability to make up some of their own mind too and they can process on their own they're both intelligent kids and and they have every right to um, take a stance in the which way they seem fit even if it was to say go against the morals and ethics that they've grown up with um currently at this place in time my children are still holding firm in their moral and ethic beliefs and they are both very convicted in what they believe as far as um gender roles identity of of persons in our country um that you know the gender we are born is the gender that we are and you are most definitely allowed to call yourself whatever you like as an adult however 
people under the age of adult majority, uh, age of majority, sorry, um, you know, they, if they don't have other rights and freedoms as a minor, then I don't think they should have rights and freedoms as a minor to make those huge life-changing decisions. And anyone that wants to support it, including our local QP union and the Teachers Federation, um, in my books is on borderline of abusive and uh, grooming. How do you feel? Tell me how it really is, girl. Yeah, really deep breath here. I don't care what anyone's doing, honestly. Like, please do what you wish. Please. Um, I may be jumping ahead here a little bit, but to say that this was a hate-fueled organization, well, it wasn't even an organization. One woman who is of Muslim that just said, I don't want you to teach my kids these things. I'm not okay with it. Leave it at that. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's like a hate crime. This is like just fueled by hate, and this is a problem. I think if you want to teach your kids about it, mm-hmm. please do. But if you look more into this Soji thing, they're trying to say that one-year-olds can experience pleasure and all these things. Now we're just getting into grooming tendencies, okay? We're trying to brainwash these young kids to be like, oh, it's fine. Sexualization is totally normal when you're four. No, ma'am. Not a chance. No, ma'am, it isn't. So I have a big problem with that. And I don't know why. Also, I just had this conversation with someone Mm -hmm. this morning of I have a problem of any school board, any teacher, anyone at all that's like, we don't have to tell your parents. You don't have to tell your parents. No, no, not, no. Mm-hmm. We'll I keep your secrets. Yeah, I don't have kids, but that doesn't mean I don't get to have a very, very strong opinion about it. There's a problem there. And the first thing this person I was having a conversation with this morning said was, I've never heard that. I didn't know anything about them saying don't tell your parents Mm -hmm. almost trying to make it like that's not real and that's not part of it i assure you it's a hundred percent real and there would be there wouldn't be millions of people standing up and being like this is a problem Mm -hmm. and i don't want you to teach my kids these things Mm -hmm. and again you can teach adults whatever you want absolutely you can teach your own personal children whatever it is that you want Mm -hmm. otherwise this is a problem well, it's a big problem with any topic, but especially with um, marginalizing minors. Yes. So <clears throat> I have been in the coaching world for many, 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 many years, like going on to two and a half decades. And there's a requirement by coaches and associate coaches, by any person, adult, who wishes to have a leadership role or that will be involved with minors or people who are um, in a vulnerable position. So senior citizens, persons with um, mental disabilities, developmental delay, anyone who would be considered a vulnerable sector. So you do such a thing as called a vulnerable, vulnerable sector screen It is done through your local police detachment, either city or OPP, depending on where you live in this province. 
And every single year, in order to be a volunteer as a coach or to volunteer in the classroom of my children's school or to Mm. go on class trips where I'm going to be monitoring young people, I have to have that vulnerable screening done. Um, This has been a a prerequisite as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. And it is mandatory. So there's already been an identification that these people, these young people are considered vulnerable sector. And now we are allowing teachers, we, and I don't mean you and I there, Melissa, I mean the big we, as in our global, provincial, federal we, are allowing this type of language, this type of learning material, these inferences, this this um, secrecy to happen under our noses and these are adults who we trust with our young people um and it's not okay so for some context here i have been gifted an email from the cupy union that was sent out on the evening i believe it was the evening it was sent out on mm, the afternoon of september 19th of last week <clears throat> Um, from QP Ontario, which is the big provincial union, and I'm going to read it verbatim. It says, <clears throat> with the rising rhetoric of hate from conservative governments, now is the time for QP members to stand shoulder to shoulder and say no to hate, discrimination, and extremism, exclamation point. <clears throat> We need your solidarity at actions that will counter movements that want to see division and silence embedded into our society. Join us at one of the events taking place below to fight for what is right, love, care, and respect. Next paragraph says, join the fight against hate. Stand up for love, care, and respect. The ultra-conservative right has organized nationwide events under the pretext of protecting children, while their true aim is to protest the teaching of 2SLGBTQIA plus content in schools. We are acutely aware of the danger posed by these messages of hate and it is our collective responsibility to respond with unwavering unity. Our mission is clear, to counter these protests and demonstrate equivocally, sorry for my tongue tie there, that there is no place for hate within our society. We shall stand together, resolute in our commitment to combat lies and misinformation while championing love, care, and respect. We are calling upon every CUPE Ontario member to take action sign up for a protest near you using the link provided and actively spread this message within your community and local union. Mass participation in these protests is essential to our cause. I like their words there. You can RSVP for protests via this link and then the link is provided and the link oddly enough, is named No Space for Hate, the Ontario Federation of Labour. Together, let's make our presence felt. 
countering false rhetoric, exposing lies, and proudly declaring that Canada has no tolerance for hate or discrimination. We stand as a united front, strong and unwavering in our commitment to a society built on love, understanding, and acceptance. <clears throat> so, when you go down, uh, there's also some other things on this email which don't have anything to do with... Um, the protest itself. The protest itself. So we will just mat go on there. Um, and then at the very bottom here, there is... So if I click on this link, which they have provided for me to register... Um, so if I click on the No Space for Hate, the Ontario Federation of Labor link, <clears throat> it then takes me to the OFL.ca, which is the Ontario Federation of Labor um, website. So now we are not in the QP. We are now on Ontario Federation of Labor. The first thing you see is No Space for Hate mm. with the Ontario Labor uh, logo. And then it has the No Space for Hate flag which they have taken a um map rendering of the shape of canada and overlaid it with the uh 2slgbtqia plus um color scheme which i'm sure everyone has seen now through social media yes then they have put on here that enough is enough no space for hate in ontario Across Ontario, they have the dates and locations of everywhere there is a, a rally planned the, with an add to calendar link. And then underneath it says, <clears throat> we are ready to say enough is enough. There is no space for hate in Ontario. Here is a list of known and confirmed peaceful rallies. I want to stress that. In support of 2SL GBT. QIA plus communities that we have received for September the 20th, 2023. Please join a rally in your area. Important. Once there, please follow the lead and instruction of the community group and local organizers of the event. Please heed all security recommendations and stay safe. Reminder, the safety of participants is the utmost priority. Do not engage with counter demonstrators. Well, I'm not sure because... I thought this was the counter demonstration, so I'm a little mm -hmm. confused by that point, but whatever. De-escalate when confronted. Do not take photos of allies. All start times are listed in Eastern Standard Time, and then it proceeds to list everywhere in Ontario that has a registered rally that was on the 20th. Um, more events may be added. Please check back. Contact your local supportive community organizations or labor, labor council for additional details. Together, we reaffirm our commitment to fostering safer spaces and building a future for all based on compassion, truth, inclusivity, and the safety and well-being of every Ontarian. All working Ontarians are invited to join us to oppose hate wherever and whenever it appears. So all working Ontarians now. So now they're discriminating against non-working Ontarians, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious. I just want to throw that in there. <clears throat> Then it gives you a list of resources for the day, which is different organizations. This is, this is very informative. Anti-hate rapid response. Safe protesting, a guide to your rights. Safe protest, a guide to your rights in French. 
safety tips for 2S LGBTQIA plus youth, know your rights Ontario, safety plan checklist, pride and safety toolkit, guide for pride defenders, that one's got a good ring to it, guide for pride of defenders handout, the abridged version, confronting and preventing hate in Canadian schools, and then for support, should you need it, Movement Defense Committee, the LGBT National Hotline, the Trans Lifeline, the LGBT Youth Line, Hope for Wellness Helpline for Indigenous People. Then there's also legal support. <clears throat> On here, they have also included links for printable 11 by 17 posters in English and in French language. And there's also social media graphics for both Twitter and Instagram and Facebook that you can link to your social media, which, if we link it, gives us the map with the LGBTQSLIA+. I'm getting good at saying that. Um, uh, Canada flag with the overlay of the um, rainbow flag with all the additional stuff on there <clears throat> with the enough is enough no space for hate in Ontario so this is what was sent out to all QP members and I don't know off the top of my head but I know there is a heck of a lot of them in Ontario and um, they are one big union mm-hmm. I know that um, so yeah that's where we're at there so then I'm going to allow you to discuss what happened and what you've seen that happened um, in our community or in any community, Melissa, over on the day of the 20th. So I, it was funny. I actually was driving home from a mechanic shop and thought there had actually been an accident. Mm. Um, knew of the day, but just wasn't aware even that Peterborough was having anything in support of. Because um, so, Peterborough technically was an unregistered rally. Yes, yes, yes. But we tend to get involved and show, we show up. Of course. And show out often. So I was lucky enough to be stopped and then I took a photo because there were, there was a protest and then there were counter protests. And it's quite funny of how we're taking one specific subject that is what we're teaching children Mm -hmm. children not even young adults i mean Mm -hmm. like children 10 and under yeah okay children legit children like grades i don't know when sexual education starts in the public schools i think i I remember five or six i think it was grade six when i i mean that it was a long yeah. time ago, but that's I agree. Fine. But I feel like it's around there, maybe grade five. If somebody talked to me like that in grade one, I'd be like, "We're in La La Land. You don't even." Well, it, I saw a really cute thing. Sorry to interrupt you there, but no. I saw a cute thing, and it said the only thing that a grade three should know about girls is they have cooties. Yes, <laughs> until and while we're on cute things, resonated. Is, yes, but like very factual, right? Mm-hmm. You play with your toys, you do your thing. There was a video um, of this child, and he's given 10 grand on one side and a stack of Oreo cookies on the other. Oreos. And the man is like, which one Which one would you like? 10 grand, 10 grand, $10,000, or these stack of Oreos? 
I want the Oreos. And literally the caption is, this is why you don't allow your children to choose their gender. Okay? Agreed. We are talking adult conversations. We are, uh, we are talking adult topics. And again, it has nothing to do with hate. No. It's just this is not appropriate for literally anyone, in my opinion, over the age, or under the age of like 15. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about this in high school? Please do. Do I think people should be aware of what they may potentially be running into? Sure. But we're talking kids, children, young children. And there are, I mean, when we're talking about materials in libraries and just things that are being brought forward to be talking about to these kids. Books and and written material that have graphic sexual content. Graphic is Graphic sexual content. Why? And it for anyone out in listening land here, um, if this is news to you, I'm sorry to be the ones that are bringing this to you the first time. However, but it's happening. It it is more than happening. It is already happened. It's it's in the past. This material is in our schools. These books and these reference items are in the school resource centers and the libraries, um, for your children to look at to to check out and to to you know to to have their hands on you know like in in my day and i'm even older than you in my day if a boy in the neighborhood got his hands on his dad's playboy and like snuck it out of the house and took it to the park (laughs) and had all the other neighborhood boys they'd all stand in a huddle and they would giggle their faces off and i'm talking boys like say in the 10 to 12 year old age group it was such an enormous deal for a young boy not even in their teens yet to find a quote-unquote nudie mag or a booby mag and and take it or take a page out or and sneak it off to their friends and and show it around because it was so taboo. It was, you know, like nudity and, and gosh, when I was young, Melissa, this is how old I am. When I was young, <laughs> a pregnant woman was not even allowed to be on television. Mm-hmm. You yep. couldn't show a belly button on television. You couldn't. Yep. And the CRTC would too. not allow it. Yeah, it's key as well to note that, like, this is all pre-social media and pre-the yeah. internet. Oh, yeah. So it's like... I'm old. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm old. almost just as old. Oh, gosh. But the standard... But it wasn't so readily accessible. Correct. That it wasn't like... Even if like these parents that now have these parental, parental controls on Netflix accounts and mm-hmm. the internet and YouTube and all of these things, things have changed. Mm-hmm. But again, just full circle to be like, okay, whether it's taboo or readily more available than it used to be, it's still not appropriate. Correct. And there's no need for it in the school. And that has nothing to do with hate and discrimination and any of those things. It's Mm -hmm. literally common sense is this has no place whatsoever at this age group. I'm telling you, like... I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I also get a little mind bent on the um, this 
talked about thing that we need to allow every adult into our children's life. We need to expose them to a variety and a range of persons in their life in order to make them what? Well-rounded? Excuse me, to make them well-rounded, to make them more inclusive. The last time I checked, um, I didn't, when my children were younger, I didn't deliberately invite um, a rabbi over for my children to learn about Jewish culture and history. If my children had a Jewish friend at school and they asked me questions about their religious beliefs or about what the difference was between their beliefs and our beliefs, I would, I would consult somebody. I would ask someone. I would ask a friend who was Jewish or I would, I would get in touch with that other person's family and say, hey, my kids came home today and they asked me, you know, about your culture. So I thought maybe I'd reach out to you and maybe get some introspect or maybe I would check online and, you know, simple ways to talk to your children about a different religion or a different history, a different culture, a different way of thinking. It was very, very much done at the home level by the parents and it was very much a a topic of conversation. In a very appropriate way. In an age-appropriate way, yes. It's no different to me in my eyes than... You know, if you're if if mom and dad divorce when your children are say six, seven, eight years old, or even younger, <clears throat> and I can speak from experience on this because my my children's father and I divorced when they were six. There was a lot of information that was not discussed with them surrounding the terms and agreements and legalities and the nuts and bolts of our divorce, including some of the reasons for why we divorced. They were six. They were six. It, a, first of all, that would not be appropriate to talk about matters of adult nature to a six-year-old regarding why our marriage had not succeeded because we're both their parents and they love us both. And so therefore, it's, it was kept as clean and simple as possible. There was no blaming. There was no hatred. It was purely this is happening and... You're going to live here and you're going to visit here and it's going to be on a schedule and we both love you and we both care about you and we want what's best for you and we're going to try and make this situation as easy for you as possible and surround them with love and surround them with good people that could help them journey through the process. It was not, even though it, it directly impacted my children's life and they were a part of it as our children. There was a lot of information that was not discussed with them until they became much older. Yep. Like 13, 14, 15 years old. And they probably didn't even really care to know, in all fairness. No. They were busy doing six-year-old boy things, Mm -hmm. and they were cool with it. And as long as they had stability and love in the home, that's all they needed. So in this transferring what I just said about that adult topic into this adult topic, I don't know how the lines get blurred and I don't know who is at fault here or who is to pinpoint where it started because adult conversation is adult conversation for a reason. There's a reason that 
children under the age of 19 are not allowed to be in a bar after say nine o'clock at night because adults be doing adult things. Adults are drinking, adults are being silly, adults are talking loudly, adults are maybe swearing and using foul language. Adults might be dancing and dancing, you know, provocatively. There may be persons in the bar that are wearing skimpy clothing that wouldn't be appropriate necessarily for a young person to see. So, you know, we don't let our children drive before 16 years old. And even at 16 years old, they have to have a suitable adult who is licensed and insured to monitor their driving. We don't allow anyone under the age of 18 to vote in a municipal, provincial, or federal election because their judgment skills and their ability to reason and rational decision-making is not to a standard where we feel that they would make a suitable decision for the leadership of our government. But it's okay in some people's opinion and eyes for us to allow our young persons to make not just medical decisions, because that's a whole different branch of this topic. I'm just talking about the basics of exposure. It's, it's should, it also, in that same vein, it should not be acceptable for an eight or nine-year-old child to know about sex, sexually explicit um, acts, terms, um, conduct. They should not be witnessing people in assless chaps on a street corner. They should not be witnessing pornography. They should not be ha- allowed access to borderline pornographic material in their school. They should not be witnessing um, teachers dressed provocatively in the classroom, male or female. Um, and I believe that if a teacher or a leader in our school board system or any federal provincial union that is impacting children and decision making, every person should have to have their vulnerable sector check done. Every person should be accountable for what they're bringing to those children. And every word that they say that that is flowing out of their mouth. And every single child should be um, allowed to make important decisions regarding their health and their sexuality when they are an adult. That is the key thing right there as an adult. Another thing too, just to address a lot more of this kind of no room for hate Mm. message is I thought we were teaching kids. And again, as someone who doesn't have children, I realize this is a touchy thing, but that's fine. I still have a very strong opinion about it is we grew up of, we love and appreciate everyone. You treat people equally. You aren't all the same, right? People look differently. Some people have both. You have freckles. Yes, (laughs) you have blonde hair. I have dark hair with highlights. Like, I mean, we're just different humans. It's you treat people how you want to be treated. And if somebody looks, like if there is a man in a dress, five-year-olds are just like, oh, mom, that's different. What's that? Why is he 
wearing a dress. Mm -hmm. There's nothing hateful about it. It's just different. But it's at that parent's discretion how much information they need to give. Also, there's only very minimal information some five, six, seven, eight-year-old needs why some man is wearing a dress. Mm -hmm. They want to. End of discussion. Where, when, whenever did it need to get sexual? It sure doesn't. Like, we are such on this crazy pendulum of, like, people in the closet not coming out and afraid to be murdered and everything else to now we've gone so far in the other direction. We're in, like, the twilight zone. This is delusion. So funny you say that. So <clears throat> my guys, like I said, they're they're coming to the end of their educational um, road. So, you know, they're in their higher teens, right? Yeah. And my kids, I don't believe, have ever been witnessed or exposed to um, drag yeah. ever. And this past summer, <clears throat> so again, drag is for adult entertainment. And I am all for a performer who wishes to dress and drag, who is going out to earn a living to entertain adults. Yes, please do I'm whatever for you it. want. Please. I have been to some of the most hysterical, um, well done, well rehearsed, beautifully costumed drag shows. And they are pure enjoyment and entertainment. For adult audience absolutely because we know exactly what the situation is we as adults know that this is a a female for instance a female dressed in costume as a male who is entertaining a crowd it is no different than me putting on a bunny costume and going around the neighborhood and handing out chocolate. I'm in costume, I'm there to entertain, and I'm there to have a good time. So, this past summer, my kids and I were on a trip, and there was a, like a festival, we were in the downtown core, and we, there was a festival going on, you know, summertime in, in Ontario, and one of the places were doing a drag show, and it was some very, beautifully adorned drag performers so men dressed as women in drag and they were I thought they were fabulous they were hair and makeup and beautiful attire and and they were singing and they were dancing it was a performance it was it was a show it was absolutely lovely and at that moment I realized my children have never seen this before and they were kind of taken aback at, you know, in their high teens, they were kind of like, what is happening? Is this real? Like, this is for real, right? This is a show, like, this is for fun? And I said, yeah, of course, this is for fun. That building next door, so we were sitting having lunch. That building next door is a, um, whatever, it was a, like a, not, it wasn't a bar, it was like a, like a theater, it was a small theater. And they were doing this drag show. And some of the entertainers were out on the sidewalk and they were singing and dancing and performing and entertaining the crowd. Um, 
there was no children, young children present at that time. There was, my kids were the youngest there and they were say, you know, like 16 ish. And, uh, and it dawned on me and occurred to me and they mentioned it. Like we've never seen this before. And I thought, Hmm, that's a good thing. And to be clear, there was no part of anyone in that vicinity that was like a minor string up all of these nope. people and they're all gay and we no. hate them and we enjoyed the entertainment unalive value. Unalive them. Like where, where this oh is Oh my gosh. Why Did you just say unalive them? <laughs> yes. Because it's. Oh, that, that term. But this is how crazy this opposing giant quotation marks here. This opposing message is like mm. just because something isn't appropriate for kids. All of a sudden that is taken to the extreme that mm. it's like this massive hate thing and. I don't hate anybody, okay, to be clear. But do I think children should be protected and it should be at the parents' discretion what they want to teach them? Hell yes. Like, what are we doing here? So, yeah. So, yeah, and I agree. And in that same vein, you know, then you cross into the, you know, the the teacher in Ontario who was videotaped wearing um, drag in the classroom and he was wearing prosthetic breasts in the mm. classroom. And I know that that is still an issue in this province because that teacher is back teaching. And As I, a full-on male. <clears throat> I believe the prosthetic breasts are They're no gone. longer part of his regular attire. Um, but I also know he's on... Um, he has a police security detail for him to attend school because he has been threatened and he has you know upset a lot of people and uh and i get it from one side or the other i don't think anyone should be threatened ever there's no need that's the hatred that i believe they're talking about you know when we see an image on a tv show or we see an image online and we we make a snap assumption about that person so using that teacher and i'm sorry i don't remember his name but we use this teacher um, as an example. So, you know, he shows up to teach his class, and in I think he was—I don't think he was full drag. Was he half drag? Kind of—he had the prosthetic breasts on. I believe he had earrings on, and I believe he had maybe some lipstick or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of half drag, and um, was teaching his class. And again, I have nothing—I have no say about his teaching credentials or or anything to do with him as a, a person or a teacher. I do, however, believe that if you're the teacher in your child's school, even if it's high school, is a, uh, a cross-dresser, that that should be notified, like the, the, the parents of those kids in that classroom should be notified that the teacher, um, you know, cross-dresses in the classroom because I believe that the parents have an obligation to explain to their children kind of what that is. And the te- the parents should have the right to not have their child exposed to that environment if they so wish. Because again, our children are minors as long as they're in the school system and they're under our watch. Um, and not just parents, but guardians as well. It's our responsibility to act on their behalf when they are under the age of 18. And, you know, like I have to fill out forms for my kids every year because they're under the age of 18. My kids can't even sign themselves off school property to go get a donut at the donut shop. 
they have to have permission to leave school property because they are under the age of 18 and therefore for the um, insurance purposes and liability my children have to be accounted for at school and if I choose to sign them out then I'm taking that responsibility to let them off school grounds well if my children are being exposed to things that I'm unaware of in the classroom where does that legal obligation fall if I know my children are clocked in at school that puts them under the legal obligation of the school and the school board so if under that under that time frame they that they're clocked in at school that they're being given in age inappropriate things or a material that I would deem to be immoral or um, highly inappropriate highly inappropriate or overly sexualized or being exposed to a teacher who is being unethical or who is acting in a certain way um, I feel that me as a, a parent I should be notified and I think I should have the right to take my child out of that class if I feel that that's something I don't want them exposed to I don't ever I would never threaten a teacher I would never you know do anything malicious to harm that person they as an adult are entitled to do what they wish I just don't believe that what they wish and what they're entitled to do as an adult should be rolled onto my children yes uh, for reference, it's Kayla Lemieux Thank as a you. Toronto teacher, if you want to look that up further. Um, the other thing, too, with also the permissioning and the permission slips and that you can't leave school and everything else, we're going to roll into, or just touch on quickly, um, because, again, these are conversations that I've had with people that, again, do not have children in the school's currently and haven't for a long time mm -hmm. and even grandchildren that are now rolling out of school going into post-secondary mm -hmm. so whether it's college university but we have two issues here one we have litter boxes in bathrooms Oof. and we have we don't need to tell mom and dad we'll call you he she George, Susie, we'll call you whatever you want. Mm -hmm. We'll do this. We don't need to tell mom and dad. And maybe we don't need to tell mom and dad or we don't need your parents' permission or you have the right to do whatever you want at whatever age. So I'm going to use this kind of fluidly of whether it's the permission or we don't have to tell mom and dad because that seems it comes across very harsh. And I'm sure a lot of teachers aren't necessarily coming out and saying, you can do whatever you want and we don't have to tell mom and dad. But it doesn't mean that that same messaging and the same topics and communication and doing all of these things, that it's not an underlying feeling that they're giving these kids of like, you know, oh, like, I don't think here, take this permission slip home and have mom and dad sign it and then we'll teach you about these things. We know that's not happening. They're trying to keep parents out of the schools. Some schools in the states are having drag queens come in and shake their ass and then keeping parents from even walking into the school and they're trying to hide everything. Why, why are you hiding? Yeah. What are you hiding? So when it's a hate crime and it's all about hate, 
when these parents are pulling their kids from school and being like, this is inappropriate, this is nothing about hate. Nope. You're not even informing these parents what you're doing. Yep. It's mostly, as I see it, um, freedom of information, for sure. And, you know, in, in our province, there there is freedom of information laws. Like, you know, I can go down to the city courthouse and I can look up the court docket to see who was who was going to court that day. Yeah. I can go to our town hall and I can run a report to find out who owns what properties in Peterborough. Yep. I can go to wherever and ask for information from the government. I can ask for documentation from all kinds of different places under our freedom of information laws. So I wholeheartedly agree. If um, if content is out there in the world and we have access to under the freedom of information, then that freedom of information should be inclusive into the school so the school system i should have the freedom to ask my teacher the teacher of my children to see their syllabus i should be able to see the content of their lessons i should be able to ask questions about what is my child learning in sexual education class what are you teaching how are you teaching it um, who is teaching it? Because sometimes it's not the classroom teacher that teaches those programs. They bring in someone, say, from the health unit. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a, a an instructor or a nurse that comes in from the local health unit, and they teach the class because then they can talk about sexually transmitted diseases, and they can talk about, you know, whatever. Um, but I don't know... Um, again, back to your point, they're, they, they're bringing in people from our community to read stories. They're bringing in people from the community to do um, 2SL LGBTQIA plus presentations. They're bringing in people from the community to, um, to hand out buttons and stickers about pride and about inclusivity and about all of these things so we as parents and guardians of children that are minors in the school system who pay taxes to the municipality that money then goes to the school system under the freedom of information act i should be entitled to know what they're teaching how they're teaching it who's teaching it and the context but I don't think that is unanimous across the board. Now, our board of education in, in our town here, I know the public school set, set out a letter in, I'm gonna try and find it, not today, but I'm gonna try and find it. There was a letter that went home at the beginning of this school year, so in early, early September. Yeah, or yeah, I think it was early September. It might've been the end of August. And it was an an information email that was sent out by the school board and it stated, and I'm not quoting this, this is completely just from memory, 
there was a line in there basically that stated something along the lines of um, that they will protect your child's privacy. And there was some kind of something in there about that. I'm going to find it because I, I had it. And it was, um, yeah, and that was the inference. In this particular newsletter, there was a small paragraph that said something regarding, um, you know, uh, pronouns and um, protecting the children's privacy and choices. And it was, it was clearly... The language was very glossy, but it was very clearly um, meant to reference that we will not tell you if your child, say, comes out at school, that we are going to protect your child's privacy, that we are not going to share that information with you at home if your son or daughter comes to school and chooses to be renamed or chooses to go in and change their clothes from feminine clothes to masculine clothes or vice versa. Um, and you know, if my child got punched on the playground, I believe the school would call me to say that my child got punched on the playground and maybe give me some context surrounding it. Um, so if they if, were failing a grade, you would get a call. Yeah. Like, if my child is failing a grade or if my child didn't hand in an assignment or if my child showed up with no lunch or they forgot their library books or they forgot their gym shoes, I would receive a notice, either an email or a phone call or a note in their agenda or something stating that oh you know your son your son had to sit out in gym today because he forgot his running shoes or you know your son had a book report due on Tuesday and he didn't hand his in um can you ensure that that gets handed in tomorrow or I gave him an extension or whatever whatever the circumstances is my kids have been in the school system now for 13 years they the schools have always been very good at communicating information about what's going on in the classroom. And now, like you mentioned, it seems like that door has slammed shut. It's all about secrecy. Um, I know in our school, they hired a new chaplain this year, a female chaplain. And the female chaplain, from what I understand, her one of her roles is to um, have the LGBTQ community in the school um, and she does kind of like um, like a group. So she has like a group and they can go in before school, they can go in at lunch, they can go in after school. I believe it's for like supportive services, for them to talk, maybe discuss any concerns or any feelings that they have because you know she is supposed to be the spiritual leader in our school and we are part of the catholic board might i add Mm -hmm. so our chaplain is um so she basically has created a safe space for the lgbtqia plus community in our school and um her room 
is all um, very much an inclusive space as what we would consider for today's modern times. So lots of, you know, lots of slogans and lots of, you know, there's, I know there's pride flags in her room and, and um, positive empowering language for people to be their authentic selves and, you know, be true to you and all these things, these catchphrases. But I think that that's probably, that's kind of one of her objectives in the school is to give these children a, a safe space. But what concerns me is, are there children in this safe space that are talking about topics that definitely should be discussed with parents or guardians or someone at home and this chaplain is keeping their secrets and I'm wondering if one of these parents contacted the school with a concern um, would this be discussed with them would it be allowed you know if one of my kids went to school and was discussing with a guidance counselor about their concerns about going to college next year the guidance counselor would reach out to me and say hey i had so and so in my office today and we had a really good discussion about you know next year and applying for college and and this was their thoughts and this was the kind of the discussion we had and they wouldn't tell me every single detail but they would definitely give me enough that i could then start a conversation with my child at home and I feel like that level of communication is now gone because we are hiding under this pretext of we can't tell your parents because that might force you to unalive yourself. Yeah. And the other thing, too, that I think is really important to touch on this is because it's such kind of a quote unquote, like hot topic, mm -hmm. big popular thing right now. They're saying that 62 percent of students are on that spectrum somewhere in that uh, whatever in the questioning sexuality yeah. spectrum so i i assure you that's bullshit i wouldn't say it would be 62 but it's trendy right now it's trendy. their friends are talking about it they're talking about it in school mm -hmm. why would you want to be different from your best friend george who's talking about turning into he's feminine now he wants to be right. a girl cool well you don't want to be left out so you're right on board and i'm not saying for i'm, I'm generalizing mm -hmm. i'm not saying it's not valid i'm not saying it doesn't happen i assure you it does i get it mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not saying anything and i'm not looking to get a whole lot of backlash but it is a hot new trendy topic mm -hmm. It's really being pushed in schools. We accept everyone. We do this. You can do what you want. And again, when I went to school, if Sally said she was a cat, the school board would have been like, the teachers, the janitorial staff, everything would have been like, you know what? You can be a cat all you want, but we're certainly not putting litter boxes in schools. Here we are today yeah. in 2023 with litter boxes in schools. I'm very happy that at least I don't think in our city that has happened. Uh, it was in Norwood High School. Was it? Oh Norwood High School. Gosh. So close enough. What, 20 minutes? Close yeah. enough. Um, so in our board. In our board. Absolutely. And again, if Susie wants to be a cat, 
good for Susie. But again, we shouldn't be hiding it from parents. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that we should be entertaining it enough to be putting litter boxes in schools. I think that's bizarre and crazy and just we've gone too far. But again, it's also saying, not saying, again, if George wants to be Susie all of a sudden, that's fine. But like, chances are it's a phase it's Mm -hmm. not even real because it's a trendy topic right now and it's being pushed so hard so i mean again are there exceptions of course but do i think people should be 18 and over before they start making decisions absolutely please yeah and teachers mind your business and stay out of it well stay out of it yeah it would be interesting to see what the Ontario Teachers Federation communicates to their union members. But even look at that email that came yeah. out. That was very one-sided. It is exceptionally one-sided. And again, this all kind of brings me back to where we were about two years ago. And I don't want to get into that topic today because that's a biggie. But when we've had the leaders of our country go on national news and say that anyone that goes against their policies are bigots and hate mongers and they keep using this aggressive language speaking about citizens of our country it's going to have that ripple out it's like the trendy catchphrases right now like I joked about using the term unaliving and um well if I don't use that it'll get flagged and we won't be able to post it that was the only reason I did it no and but that brings up an excellent topic like that's a good point is the language in which we use to address these matters is now being monitored yeah and not only the language we use but on the other side of the aisle, they can use as much angry and aggressive language towards us as they choose to and as they wish. And in fact, it's enforced by the leaders of our country, mm-hmm. both provincially, municipality, and federally. Like, look at our previous mayor and all the hate speech that she put out on her social media. You know what I mean. I sure do. During protests against mandates and and things during the last couple of years so if we accept this hateful you won't talk about hateful calling a member of your community a bigot when they have not exhibited any type of bigotry is hateful that would be no different than me going out on the street right now finding the first neighbor pointing at them and saying you're a jerk I don't know them. No context whatsoever. Zero context. That person was out just raking their front yard. I walked out the door, found them, and pointed and said, you're a jerk. I have no cause. I have no context. They have done nothing other than rake their yard. But I have it in my mind that that person across the street there is a jerk. So I'm just going to yell it across the street and point them out and I'm going to stick with it. 
And then not only that, I'm you're going to get other people involved and call them a jerk too. I'm going to then talk to neighbors on both sides and I'm going to tell them that that guy over there, he's a jerk. What do you mean he's a jerk? He's a jerk. Just look at him. Look what he's doing. He's a jerk. And you get enough people involved. And, you know, the ones that are convincing, the ones that speak well, the unions that represent them, the government that we elect, when they use these hateful, very directed comments about its citizens under any context, that gets mimicked and emulated and it trickles and trickles and ripples and ripples and ripples until every headline looks the same. Well, basically, we should wrap here, but basically it's they have a narrative, they have an agenda, Mm -hmm. they have a reason they're doing all of these things, whether it be, you know, Mm -hmm. mandates, schools, whatever we're talking about, right? Today it's the school system. But they have an agenda, and God help you if you disagree, you're the bigot. You're, um, again, we'll talk about the truckers, mm-hmm. but they were a, a terrorist group. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. Anyway, but yeah, so if you don't agree with the agenda, mm-hmm. you're a right wing extremist, you're a bigot, you're a racist, you're a horrible human. Mm-hmm. Mean. But that's not hateful in any sort of fashion, though. They can no. say whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But we cannot defend ourselves. Yeah. And <clears throat> when it comes to children under the age of 18, it is our obligation as parents, guardians, and citizens to protect them from content, people, and situations that could cause harm yeah absolutely and whether you're harming them physically or harming them mentally or emotionally harm is harm and unfortunately right now that line has been crossed and is continually being crossed and there's there's parents standing up and guardians standing up and people standing up to say, I, I am not okay with this. This is not happening in my school. This I don't want this in my children's life. I don't want this in their environment. And I think the tide will turn eventually. And I think right now it is, it's a small minority of people, like a small group, that are really banging the drum. And of course, they become the noise. And they're the ones putting out those emails and they're the ones putting out the headlines But I really, really feel that um, the majority is on the side of protection of the kids and what they see and what they're exposed to. And I really, really want to believe that the teachers and the parents can work together for some resolution here because it kind of needs to come to an end abruptly. This is not something that we can just continue to let fester. Absolutely. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you guys, and until next time... Toodaloo!